Welcome to Momentum, encouraging women who follow Jesus because your leadership and influence matters. This is Lauren Carreras, and we're here today with Denise Harlow, and we are talking about how to make sure your kids love the church. Yes, this is a a heart uh, or a subject that's on every pastor's wife's heart, on every staff member's heart. They they love the Lord so much, but we were actually approached by some church planners that they were afraid they were going to have to sacrifice their kids' faith by serving because they serve the church. And so um, we want to address this today and talk about this. Yeah, so I'm a I'm a pastor's kid, and um, and I I love the church. So uh, really, we're gonna kind of flip things over today, and Denise is gonna ask me some questions about some things that were influential in my life, so that we can help clarify some of the priorities that potentially you can have that will help make sure to guard your kid's heart against bitterness towards the church and allow them to love it and be a part of it. Yes, that's that is our prayer for you. And one thing I do want to say out there, we don't think we have all the answers. We know every situation is unique, every ministry is unique, the personalities involved. So we are going to share our experience and we just pray that it'll just give you some insight or some ideas to help you as you raise your own children. So we're going to give this a go. First, Lauren, um, let's tell them a little bit about you because we want them to know, um, I, I better lack of a better word, credibility for this uh, podcast particularly. Um, Lauren's... What else do you want to know? Well, like how old are you, that. Lauren? <laughs> and what are you doing right now in your I, life? I'm 27, and I am working at a five-year-old church plant in Ventura, California, as our uh, kids' director. And my husband is on staff as well. Um, he is full-time. He is the groups and connections director. So, And they have a daughter? Yes. We have a one-and-a-half-year-old, so this journey is close to our heart and is um, something we've been thinking about a lot and trying to figure out, probably me more so than, than uh, Tommy because I'm a little paranoid. Um, so I just wanted to offer some some things as I've been reflecting on this. Um, I think one of the most important things that your kids need to know is that they are more important to you than the church. And um, I know that there's there's a difference between the church and God. So we want you want your kids to know that God is the most important thing to you, but they need to know that they're more important to you than the church, that they are more important to you as their kids than all of these other people who will constantly need you in some way or the other. Yes, and that's true. And my parents were in ministry, although it was uh it wasn't a located ministry, it was a missional nationwide ministry, but they always said, wouldn't it be so sad if they won the whole world to Christ, but their own kids didn't love Christ? And that's, so that's always been on my heart as we were in ministry. And yes, our kids ultimately have the their own decisions to make. We can't force their decisions, but these are hopefully some things we can do. And 
I, this is so important. We had to really fight this and, and, and work at this priority, making our kids feel more important than the 200 other people in the church when we first got here. And as it grew the 800 people and then the 1,000 people and then the 4,000 people, they just can't compete. They shouldn't have to compete with those numbers. So Lauren, why don't you give um, some some thoughts on this particular area? Yeah. So I think making sure your kids know that they don't have to compete with the church is really important. Um, By that, it's going to change stage to stage. Now, this doesn't mean, you know, put aside important things and don't don't do your job and don't be faithful to the role God has called you to, but rather um, what things are most important to your kids at the stage of life and how can you continue to show them that that's really important to you as well? So, um, early, you know, younger kids, like, are, are they competing? Do, do they have your evenings? Do they have dinner time and bedtime? Can you push meetings back till after? Um, that's something that I know that even, um, my pastor and his wife have made a huge priority is, is dinner time and bedtime. So if you need to meet with Mike on a weekday, it's going to be past 8.30 p.m. And he is willing to do that um, so make sure he's home during those times. And, and I really remember, I don't ever, you know, I remember, you know, there's definitely meetings or things that would happen where mom and dad would be gone. Um, but it was pretty rare and we knew ahead of time and we knew that it wasn't the norm and we knew that they didn't expect that from, from us. So it was really easy to be graceful and to be on their team when they did have a worship committee meeting or a elders meeting or a Joshua's men thing, because it was not the norm. They were home for dinner and that was a big, that was a big deal growing up. And we also tried to stagger our meetings um, as much as we could control that they, you know, if we were in separate meetings that they didn't fall on the same night. So we worked pretty hard at that as well. So there was always a parent at home with them. And those of you who've been been blessed with extended family in town, oh, by all means, take advantage of that. What a blessing, but still be, be very present in your kid's life so they don't think the church is more important. I think it's, it could be easy to think that as kids get older and more independent, like your your high schoolers are so busy, I'm sure they're in multiple activities and sports, that they maybe don't need as much of your attention. Um, but I would challenge you that the moments that you can show them that they are more important to the church, that they are more important to you than the church, will stick with them the rest of their lives. So... Um, I remember in high school, we, we had Saturday night services and Sunday morning services. And so we had dances on Saturday night. So, you know, homecoming or prom, you'd get ready, you'd go to someone's house beforehand and take pictures with your group before you all go off to your dance. And all the parents would be there. And my dad never missed that. He would book it out of church in between services to come over. He wasn't there the whole time, but he was there. And, and I was there the whole time. And I mom was sure. there the whole time. And um, and dad sometimes had to run back, but he started doing video stuff because he wasn't going to miss out on more of our Saturday night stuff. So if he could do a live 
teaching one service and make it work the second. Like, um, I just, I just think that's so important and so cool to me as a kid, but also then as a leader for you all to have been setting the example for your staff that no, we're going to move things around for our kids is awesome. Yeah, it was it was challenging. I, I know that sounded confusing, but Tim would be at the service, he would preach, and then he might have another staff member lead communion after at the end of the sermon, but he would be in his car dashing to where we were doing pictures. Um, if there were two services on Saturday night, then he would drive back in time to preach the next one. But um, yeah, he wasn't going to miss it. He really made it a priority and I worked my schedule so that I was definitely there with the girls the whole time. So that's an example of high school trying to make that work. Mm -hmm. Another thing that was really important to me, I remember having this moment in junior high where, or high school, I think, and I was attending with you all, my, our younger sister's band concert. And Dad had an elders meeting that he moved around or canceled. And I remember thinking, like, wow, Becca doesn't even have any solos. And that was my logic at the time. Like, wow. And it wasn't a good, enjoyable concert either. No, it was a junior high (laughs) band concert in a gym with a not super talented band director. Seriously. And she played the French horn and she was so cute. But, you know, as a high schooler, I remember thinking like, you're here instead of there. (laughs) Like, and then that really helped me connect the dots between, oh, wow, all the things that dad has been at and mom of of my things. Like, I wonder what they had to put aside then. That was huge. That was a big, big deal for me. It, it was really important to us. And, and yeah, it Tim did the same thing that Mike did. He, he postponed the meeting till this after he could get there, or he would have his executive pastor or another pastor start the meeting, and then he would get in there as soon as he can, as soon as he could. So um, as far as you can, again, make decisions and uh, things that can possibly help your family. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that you're going to disappoint someone um, always in making decisions. Pay attention to how often it's your kids, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. they're not the ones speaking up about it. So it's easier. Um, but, but really pay attention to that. Um, so another thing that was important to me, um, to realize as I've just been reflecting about this is that I don't have memories of the things we did not do. I have memories of the things we did do. Now, talking to my, my, my parents now, I know there are lots of things that we probably did not do. We did not go to Wisconsin Dells for a weekend. We didn't do anything for a weekend. We, I don't know, didn't go on super fancy vacations, you know, especially when we were younger. We didn't, you know, but none of that has affected, you know, my childhood. So I think that it's hard to wrestle through what you want to give your kids, especially financially when you're in ministry. But what really matters is the relationally rich time that you spend with them. And if you think back, you are not a Christian because 
you got to be on the traveling baseball team and because you got to do this and because you got to do that and because you got to do this and because you got to do that. Your life was formed in your childhood. Your best memories were formed because you were with people that you cared about. And so, I I mean, we didn't do traveling teams. Um, we probably weren't athletic enough. <laughs> well, yeah, Becca was. She was invited to be on a traveling soccer team, and I knew it meant out-of-town weekends. And we just said, no, we're, we're good. We're good at the park district. And, and if that does work for your family, that's great. If you, if you can make that work, that's awesome. But to not feel guilty, like you're depriving your children of something, I think is really important. Um, because then also you got to flip it. You got to spend your energy and your intentionality, not on feeling guilty, but on creating other relationally rich experiences. So let's, uh, how, let's talk about how you all did that mom growing up. You, you always said, you know, we don't get to be flexible on the weekends, but we get to make vacations happen. And so we will, or we don't get to be. Yeah, go ahead. Or or um, if your school district's like ours, we have late start sometimes, we have early release sometimes, and there was this day and Pulaski Day and all this. So <laughs> during the week, we had flexibility. So whenever the girls had an early release day, Tim would take turns taking them out to lunch because that he could do that. He could work his schedule. It was on his calendar. There was early release, and he had it lunch with one of the girls and he would ask him okay whose turn next week is to go to lunch and they got to pick the restaurant and he would have one-on-one lunch with them um so just getting creative with that stuff um i had flexibility so even in high school lauren and her boyfriend tommy now married (laughs) uh would come in after school and they were chatty and so much fun. So if I had and hungry, <laughs> so if I would have some food, I could stand in the kitchen and they would chat, chat, talk, 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 talk. I could find out anything and just talk to them. <laughs> it was my favorite. So I always made sure I was home by that time. I would not schedule any one-on-one meetings or anything like that when I knew they were coming home. So, yes, you may not get all the opportunities on weekends, but you can get creative with the other times. Yes. A lot of things I remember growing up. Um, family movie nights, eating pizza. Who cares if it's frozen? Who cares? <laughs> you know? Um, well, unless you live in unless- Chicago and you have to have good <laughs> Chicago pizza. Then. Sorry. Sure, no frozen. Sure. <laughs> or macaroni and cheese night. Um, honestly, Silly things that felt like family traditions. Sunday night cereal for dinner, you know, where mom's like, there's no way I'm cooking. I just worked my butt off all day and I'm exhausted. We're having cereal. And and that, you know, you can make that sound fun. It's fun for a kid. Yeah. Um, it was also friend day. Sunday afternoons were, was friend day for yeah. you girls. Now, maybe <laughs> mothers of boys won't be as excited about this. I don't know. But... It was an opportunity um, for them to have a Christian friend come home with them after church and play for the afternoon. And then at the end of the, you know, afternoon or early evening, we would drive that friend home. Um, So it also gave Tim and I time to just have a break because we were so drained from the morning. 
Um, so I don't know if that's something that can work with your kids' personalities, but it definitely worked with ours. Yes, we just so had to uh, be quiet during mom and dad's nap time. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was thirty minutes. We we could take a power nap, and we were good. We it's said just funny. give us thirty minutes. It wasn't yeah. punishing. It was like, a, how do we be sneaky during this time? You know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta give and take with your kids. You have to teach them that you know you matter too, and that's okay. That's good. Yeah. Um, and I, then we said, hey, then we're good. We'll do whatever after that, but just give us that thirty minutes. So, pretty I, funny. I think that one of the most important, well. Another super important thing is you you gotta let your kids in on your relationship with God, not just your job working at His church. Um, Good one. And it's there. There are so many ways to do this, but it does take intentionality. But um, I, you know, even reading Jesus calling for kids together in the morning. I know a family I really respect does that. It's great. It's great. Um, or Praying, praying together or, you know, praying at night, you know, just or anything. You guys you guys have a relationship with Jesus. You know how and when is appropriate to talk about different things with your kids. But just make sure you're doing it. Don't, don't forget to let them see it. Well, and I think praying together was a great one. And one thing I wish we would have done is just to have a whiteboard in the house of prayer requests. Because... Uh, we would pray with the girls as before they left for school every day. And and sometimes we would stand, hold hands and pray. And then other times they're running out the door and we're going, and God be with them as it, you know, we're yelling the prayer out the door. It wasn't always really great. But, you know, if they had a test, we could, we'd pray about it. Or sometimes a friend had something tough going on. So I think it would be super cool to have like a private whiteboard you don't want a friend walking in and then seeing their name on the board the prayer board or whatever but um, there's different things that you could do that way yeah um the lastly let let your church be their church um and and I think you all probably know that and get to experience your kids getting excited but I I hope you do um because it to this day, you know, Parkview is is my church. It's not my parents' church. And and I don't live there and I don't work there and I don't attend there. But I got to invest a lot and being there was not a punishment. I think um mom went out of her way to make it special when we were young to be there and allowed it to feel like it was ours. We had a secret spot under the women's bathroom sink where we kept our toothbrushes and hair stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and a secret spot in the kitchen where we kept our cocoa pebbles for early morning service. We would get into a room that wasn't being used and eat cocoa pebbles. And in that way it felt like our space a little bit, but that translated over the years into our church and our roles. And if your kids aren't volunteering, figure that out. Let them. Um, it's As a ministry leader, it's hard to empower students. It takes more work. It takes more work scheduling them and getting them hooked up and talking through expectations with their parents and raising them up. But 
if your church isn't doing that, you're missing a huge opportunity. Um, I started, I started helping, you know, with youth group and leading worship every once in a while. And then that turned into helping with kids and starting as a helper in a kindergarten class to leading it every week as a junior in high school and a senior in high school to being really, really sad when I went to college that I wasn't going to be in those roles and feeling like I had to let go of them. They, it was my, it was my church. And so, um, allow your kids to be a part of it. It's their journey too. It's their home too. Um, and pray about how to help them feel that way if, if they don't and how to help let them be a part of it or when to let them in on different things yourself. I think that is a great point, Lauren. And so much of that is going to come from the parent's attitude, how we say things ourselves about going to church. Oh, I got to get over there. I have another meeting or I got to get over there. I have this, you know, we, we project a lot by our attitudes and we we need to watch ourselves we need to watch our attitudes and we need to watch how we um talk about things um in front of our children i don't want them to ever think everything's rosy and easy in our christian life or our church life but i do want them to love jesus and love his church and love serving him so um that's a good thing to keep in mind yeah. we would I remember when we would set up for a vacation Bible school or set up for uh, an Easter service and have to put in some more work whenever we could, we would involve the girls in that and excited because we might have more visitors or people that might meet Jesus there. And uh, they caught that because they all love the Lord and his church today because of that. I think that's a really cool point you made too about protecting from your own protecting your kids from your own fatigue and attitude but not letting it just be rosy. I remember different times where you mom would say, "Wow, working in a church, it's it's not easy." And and kind of leave it at that. Um and or every once in a while, you know, a family would leave and it would be really disappointing and you guys wouldn't you wouldn't put that on us, but you would tell us about it. Like, we're just really bummed that they left. And other times when we were younger and a family would leave that we were close to, you wouldn't say much at all because you didn't think we could probably handle it and you didn't want us to be angry at them. So really, really weigh that, what you say and how you communicate, because it's important. It's important for your kids to know um, that church isn't a perfect place to work. Um, before they get more involved as they're growing up and in high school especially. Um, and it's not going to deter them from wanting to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great point. And I think, Lauren, the whole thing about home and, and being able to help your kids love Jesus in the church, you've got to model yourself a love for Jesus. Um, it's it starts with your own quiet time. Maybe your kids catching you having your time with God, maybe catching you uh, doing a meal for a neighbor. I don't know what it is, but I think that's really important. 
yeah, so you're bringing Jesus home with you, um, and we want to bring something else home to you today. <laughs> especially, you guys- especially as they prepare for Easter. They're giving so much. We want to give them an Easter present. Yes, that's what we want to do. We want to give you all an Easter present. Um, so here's what we got for you. Um, I know that was an abrupt transition. It was trying. To, I was trying to be smooth, but you know. Um, so we've got a Lindsay Letters print. If y'all don't know what Lindsay Letters is, please go to lindsayletters.com.org. I don't remember. Anyways, um, her stuff is awesome. She, it's great. It's so beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. beautiful. So we've got a free downloadable print for you if you share this um, on Instagram or Facebook. And then uh, tag tag Denise Harlow, and we will find you and give you your print. Got it? Your print download code. So after you share it on Instagram or Facebook, you have to tag Denise Harlow, and then we will give you your free code to download. And Lauren, it is lindsayletters.com and Lindsay with an S-A-Y. S-A-Y, Lindsay. If you want to go look ahead of time. I have a ton of her stuff in my house right now, and I love it. All right, so with that, share us. We'll tag tag us, and then we will get you your code to get a free print. Um, hey, we love you all and your kids, and um, if you want to reach out for more, um, advice or information, deniseharlow.com or Denise Harlow at Instagram or Facebook. She's going to be a great resource for you. And now they can go to momentum.net um, if they want to share that as well. It all goes to the same place. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into Momentum and share this to get your Lindsay Letters download code. We will talk to you all later. Bye.